I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here as in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Howdy. I am uh, Lee Allen, the duty geezer of Southside Sox, as usual, wearing today uh, for this program a hat that was signed at one time, can't see it anymore, uh, signed by the only human being among the six and a half billion or so on earth whom Rick Hahn has said will absolutely not become the manager of the White Sox, even though he's the only living human being who ever even got the White Sox to the World Series, let alone through it. (laughs) But uh, at any rate, we'll certainly be talking about managers. We'll be talking with my son, Will Allen, out as our our West Coast correspondent, uh, who is wearing a Mariner's hat. No, this is a, uh, I'm, I'm repping the Montgomery Biscuits today. Oh, the biscuit. I see the biscuit. All right. Yeah. And I was trying to come up with a, a reason why, and I came up with this. Uh, I'm supporting it because we butter not hire Tony La Russa. <laughs> Even if he gets a honey of a deal. <laughs> yep, absolutely. I won't, be, I won't be patting <laughs> anyone on the back uh, if we hire him. All right, we are uh, in the midst of the World Series. We just started the World Series. Dodgers just looked awesome last night in game one. Yeah, yeah, the Dodgers, I mean, well, first off, Kershaw. I mean, talk about coming out and just kind of making everyone forget any shortcomings you may have had in the postseason previously. He he looked incredible last night. I sure. I was a little surprised they even took him out of the game at, at under 80 pitches. However, I also get it because if he's going to throw like that and you got a big lead, you might as well try to save him in case he goes for game four. Um, well, they're, they're doing a TPD on game four, and that's got to be the reason. I mean, it could be him. The stuff he was doing last night was – I, I can't say it was vintage Kershaw just because he pitches a little differently than he used to but it was as good as what he used to do. I mean, his, his locations were incredible. The, the slider looked unhittable at times and surprisingly so. And he, he was just locked in in a way that we haven't seen him in the postseason in a while. I, I hate how much crap he gets from people about that. He is the greatest left-hander of my lifetime, um, inarguably. So, I mean, not inarguably. You could argue if Randy Johnson's in my lifetime, he's a left-hander, right? Right? Yeah, yes, he certainly was, yes. Yeah, okay. I was like, we have the same birthday, but I'm not not positive. Um, I just tripped myself up in my head about what angle the ball was coming from when he exploded that bird in Colorado, if you remember that. Uh, But, yeah, Kershaw just looked incredible. The offense we know – can just absolutely pound the ball but Mookie Mookie I I struggle with being a Dodgers fan out here in LA just because they're the Dodgers you know but when you have a guy like Mookie Betts it makes it a lot easier 
Uh, and then on the other side, Glasnow just didn't quite have it. Um, probably a little bit of jitters, very young. Uh, he pitched well from time to time during the game. Um, and the Rays would have won if uh, G-Man Choi had gotten to play. That's my that's my scorching take because I love G-Man Choi more than any player not wearing a Sox jersey. He, what amazes me about G-Man Choi is that he looks like the Pillsbury Doughboy and he can stretch out to about 14 feet to make plays at first base. Yeah. And it's is happy incredible. to do so. He is he is great for the game. He is he's the first Korean position player ever to play in the World Series. I think that's amazing. I love that he is representing that. Um, I think we're going to see more in the future because of guys like G Man Choi. He is you got a whole bunch of young guys not getting paid millions, and he rallies them in an incredible way, even when he's not playing. But I do think it's going to be important. I know he's been a little disappointing in the regular season, but he's been so crucial in the playoffs that I think we got to see a little bit more G-Man Choi. It's just whether or not Kevin Cash is willing to to go the eye test route versus the the analytic route. Well, well it's also good. I think uh, the Dodgers have righties coming up, which will make a difference. And yeah, I mean, if you're not gonna if you're not gonna play G-Man Choi, you're it's gonna be the Kershaw game. So we should see him again uh, a little more. He almost came in last night, but I think he got swapped out uh, <laughs> during the pitching change, and they switched to Brasso. But yeah, I would love to see more of him. I it was a it was a solid first game. Dodgers came out swinging, crushing. I think this series is far from over. I absolutely think this could go to seven games. Oh, yeah, I, I, six or seven anyway. One thing I want to bring up from last night was the announcers, because this is this is your number one baseball announcing team. Very knowledgeable guys. And what they hit on numerous times, especially Joan Smoltz, was that the Rays are strikeouts, walks, and solo homers. Yeah. Uh, which I think is the future demise of baseball because you got the juice ball. And while there have been a ton of home runs in the playoffs, a lot of them, and some of them monsters, have been a home run if you were hitting a medicine ball. A lot of them were juice ball homers. There are yeah. a lot where the guy's going to the wall and he's jumping and he's maybe shouldn't have jumped, but, he, but it was only five feet over the wall. Yeah, uh, we're seeing a lot of that. And and that coupled with all the strikeouts, part of that is your best pitchers are going in, in the playoffs and World Series as well. Um, but I, I was glad to hear them talking about that syndrome and not with joy. It wasn't like, well, if you can be a solo home run hitting team, I guess you can strike out 47 times a game. It was, They can't go and say baseball is committing suicide because they're the baseball announcers on the World Series but they were talking like maybe this isn't the best strategy in the world for an offense. I like that. Well, it's definitely not the best strategy in the world. Um, It's one that's likely to happen when you don't want to pay for the best hitters. Uh, I think it's amazing what the Rays have done with their tiny payroll, which I believe is the same as Kershaw and Betts. Uh, They're getting paid the same as the entire Rays team. Uh, in 2020, which is phenomenal. Uh, It's that exact thing that makes me think that the Rays cannot beat the Dodgers in this series because 
The Dodgers hit a lot of solo home runs, yes, but they are also just an offensive machine, and the Rays really are not. The Rays rely on on pitching, bullpen, quality defense, and and winning games by a narrow margin. Um, Yeah, the solo home run thing, you just can't win a a World Series with it. It's just not going to happen. These these teams are too good. They they learn how they can figure out how to manufacture runs, um, and that is going to be the death sentence for the Rays. I do think that the Dodgers win this series just because they they are a more complete team in terms of putting the bat on the ball by far. It's not even close. Yeah. I mean, the beginning key hits uh, to the opposite field, speed, forcing Steal, the defense, stolen bases. You know, it's yeah. just. And as you can see with the White Sox, the White Sox last year were strikeout or solo home run team, really for the last couple of years. Uh, they didn't have the walk aspect. So there was never anyone on when they would hit them because uh, the White Sox of previous years refused yeah. to walk. Um, so they're going to get a couple more runs because they're a little bit more disciplined at the plate. However, it's just, it's not a good recipe, especially against a team like the Dodgers that can put up six in an inning if they get hot. Speaking of recipes, one thing very noticeable to me, and I'm going to lead this to the to the manager search in the playoffs, is we talk, as Sox fans, I mean, we've talked for years, but especially this year, we've only got two starting pitchers. We can't rely on anybody else. We've only got the two starting pitchers. That's what's killing us, which is true. But what we have seen in the playoffs is that the very best teams only have two or maybe three. Cleveland has four, but they've got Years and years of experience, and and are by far the best in the majors at, at developing pitchers through their system. The the Dodgers, best team in baseball by far, regardless of what happens in the World Series, are going to be determined for Game Four because they don't have to trust their game, their fourth one. Other other teams were going to bullpen games, good teams, bullpen games in Game Threes of of series this far. Yeah. And it just show, and then I, I look at um, season plan, off season plans, which are fun. Lot, lots and lots of guys on various sites do off season plans. Some of them uh, pie in the sky, some of them fairly realistic. But they all talk about bringing in a new starting pitcher, you know, Trevor Bauer, Marcus Stroman. And it, it's not, there's going to be a little competition for those guys. What it really gets down to to me is learning how to deal with the fact that there aren't enough starting pitchers by being creative in what you do. I've written pieces in prior years about the 3-3-3 system that one of Bill James' protégés uh, came up with, I don't know, 10, 15 years ago, where you just have three pitches and three innings apiece each game. That's just one way to be different. Obviously, the opener is different, but it doesn't really – that's just a, a – temporary strategy thing. It doesn't save the fact that you don't have starting pitchers because you're going to your starting pitchers within an inning or two anyway. But the idea of having a manager creative enough to find a way to not need more than two or three competent starting pitchers who can go 80, 100 pitches in a game. Man, I think that's the absolute key and the White Sox could get ahead of the curve because they've got a chance to do something like that right now. I hear what you're saying. Um, I'm, I don't like bullpenning games. I know that Eric, who's, who's our guest sometimes he's a, he's a huge supporter of it. 
But for me, as someone who used to be a pitcher and by no means a greatly successful one, but I did all right. And to me, rolling the dice on that many guys on any given day is just not a good idea. It's just not. And we don't see those games work out that well a lot of the time. I still think it's I, – I think maybe you, you can go without having a solid fourth starter, but you really do need a third, especially um, – I mean, it would have especially been nice to have one in this format. But remember, this format is extra weird because they're not getting days off. So you're talking about, uh, you know, what would be three days rest becoming two days rest mm-hmm. – and that makes it really hard. You kind of have to bullpen a little bit more. Um, I don't love it. I think we absolutely still need a third starter. Then you could talk about the fourth person being a, a bullpen scenario or an opening scenario. But I just like I just don't trust six relievers to all bring it and have it. And if you have one guy who's not bringing it, your plan is screwed. Oh, I, I'm I'm not recommending the bullpen game. I think I think the oh, bullpen God. game is the default today because nobody's been creative in what they do otherwise. Yeah. So they're stuck with the bullpen game because they don't have a starter they can trust. But there are so many variations you could do. Looking at the three-three-three thing, you, where you accommodate what your pitching abilities are, but not in the traditional system of either we have a starter and then. Each reliever is one inning because one inning is what relievers oh, do. That's brutal. And then we have a bullpen game because we ran out of starters. I think if you went into the spring training, you know how they stretch out starters in spring training. He does an inning the first time, then he does two, and then by the by the time we get to the regular season, it's maybe doing five or six. If you also stretched out relievers, you'd find out which guys can handle three innings. Let's say 60 pitches. It could even be four innings if they're having a good day. Uh, and go on that kind of system instead of going, well, our starters start every sixth day, and that's what we do. Because, and I'm afraid with any of the real, I mean, Tony LaRue's my guy, uh, but, but any of the guys that they might pick just because it's easy to pick the real experienced guy because you're covering your butt, uh, even forgetting the cheating scandals around. Henshin Cora, and for that matter, Larusa. Yeah. Uh, now that Jack Medell has, has talked about uh, when he was with the White Sox, and instead get these guys like uh, Matt Quattraro with the A's, maybe. Uh, I mean, excuse me, with the Rays, which are the most creative team in baseball, obviously. Mark Kotze from the A's invented the idea of being creative in baseball. That kind of thing, and it doesn't have to follow a, a set pattern like like the 3-3-3, three, three, three. I, I looked up the two starters we have, the two real starters we have. Giolito does not have problems on multiple times through the order. Not just this year, because I figured short short stats uh, for this year. Career-wise, even with his terrible year, his second and third times through the order, there's just not much difference from the first. True. Um Keichel, Dallas Keichel, on the other hand, uh, though it wasn't much the case this year, career-wise, huge splits between second and third time through the order. So maybe he should be a guy that's only going four or five 
with regularity and you bring in a reliever who you've now stretched out to three who can do a whole time through the order and maybe a couple stray guys on the end. Just, I'm not trying to outline what the plan should be, but to have a manager who is confident enough and creative enough to say, this is what we've got. And I think this is the best way for us to use it to get where we got to go, which is to be Cleveland and Minnesota eventually and, and to be playoff viable. And you have to have Han and Williams and I guess Reinsdorf uh, feel confident themselves to take a chance that it doesn't work. Uh, and you don't get to the top of the heap and go along with it. I, I just think somebody has to make a breakthrough in how pitchers are handled in Major League Baseball. And the White Sox, given what we got, would be an ideal team to do that. Yeah, I, I hear what you're saying. Um, of course, if you put Keuchel into that mix, you're talking about now having one actual starter. So you're talking about, you know, creatively pitching four out of five games. Um which of course is very dangerous road. And, you know, there is some, something interesting about the idea of like a a Dunning cease bummer game. However, I just don't trust all three of those guys to come out (laughs) and do it. I mean, I would trust bummer. I think the most of those three for sure, but I don't know. I don't know what the answer is. I I'm still a huge believer in starters. I would love to get, Marcus Stroman I think we could get Marcus Stroman at a much more reasonable price than we could get Trevor Bauer and also Trevor Bauer is a toxic human being that I just don't want to bring into the organization Uh, a group of guys that apparently get along incredibly well the last thing you need is to bring in a guy like Trevor Bauer yeah happy happy team doesn't need to be de-happified I do. The, the, the White Sox for a long time this uh, this season had at the top of their Twitter feed the, the constant logo at the top was change the game, which is all really based on Tim Anderson and let's have let's have a lot of fun, which which they do, thank goodness. Yeah. And I think this pitching, altering how you look at pitching is the most important change the game. Plus we got a lot of hitting. We can overcome some 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 trial and error for a while at, in the pitching situation. Meanwhile, uh, the only name still uh, brought up on the managing so far is, God help us all, Tony LaRusso. And with that, we should take a break. We'll come back and uh, we'll talk about managers. How's that sound? Okay. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here as in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as uh, simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. All right. Tony Larusa, that's where we left off. Oh my gosh! <laughs> I don't. Well, want right. I wrote a piece this morning uh, where I, where where Jerry Reinsdorf uh, 
decides he can't win pennants, it's really, really expensive to win pennants or NBA championships. So he's, he's going for a Tony Award because he knows there are a lot of those and, and he wants some awards, no more awards before he uh, is no longer with us. Uh, and, and I went through a lot of Tonys, uh, ranging from uh, Tony Perkins, who unavailable uh, due to deceasement. But uh, Tony Bennett it, it's, is still around and could sing uh, the national anthem before the games, which would be helpful. Uh, and to get uh, into some, some baseball ones like uh, Tony Gwynn, unfortunately unavailable. Tony Perez uh, could be, but he seems to be pretty retired. And um, of course, uh, eventually Tony La Russa, but my final uh, conclusion, well, the one that Jerry Reinstorf uh, liked a lot uh, in my piece, was Tony Danza. Oh, makes sense. Uh, he's the boss. Uh, he's the boss, which is important. Former major league pitcher in Who's the Boss? Huh. A critical pitcher in Angels in the Outfield. He's the pitcher in the big game. That's true. He brought in divine intervention. And well, Christopher Lloyd brought in divine intervention. <laughs> I can't. I well, don't know he, if we can credit Dan for that. <laughs> um, and uh, has the advantage to sell it to uh, to uh, Reinstorf that he also is a very experienced uh, taxi driver, so he could drive the team bus and save uh, save quite a few bucks that way. I think it's a, a reasonable choice. Uh, I think it's a safe choice, uh, Tony Danza. But uh, I think if we're going the fictional route, I got to go. And I, I don't think this was mentioned in the article Southside Sox did about fictional managers. But I got to go with Sal Martinella. Do you know Sal Martinella? No. Sal Martinella is the manager of the Cubs in Rookie of the Year. Ah. And Sal Martinella wins a World Series with the Cubs, with a team that has no pitching until a 12-year-old breaks his arm and the tendons heal tight. Then they have one reliever, and that gets them all the way to the World Series. Not to mention the fact that the one sort of ace, washed-up ace, Gary Busey, he loses it, so you... You go into the playoffs with exactly zero pitchers after Rowan Gardner's tendons come, uh, they loosen up. So this dude wins a World Series with the most cursed team in the world, having no pitchers and nobody that can hit. That is an impressive manager. Okay, now I'm going to, I'm going to disagree on that. I should make a reference. Any of you who happen to be uh, listening to this who have not read it, a bunch of our cohorts on Southside Sox did a really terrific piece on what fictional managers they believe would do the best job with the White Sox. Guys did great on that, but I disagree with them. And I go first with Morris Buttermaker. Um, go on. <laughs> from Bad News Bears. Oh, and I, I guess not I only never because that was his name. Was, uh, not only because that was two of my, my favorite actors of all time in, in Walter Matthau and Billy Bob Thornton, but this is apparently what the White Sox are looking for. A washed up, has been, <laughs> bitter, nasty old man with a drinking problem. 
I'm not saying that this other person has a drinking problem, but he does have a DUI, this other person, possible person. Uh, and Buttermaker yet turns this team of young players, we like people who can work with young players, into a strikingly awesome conglomerate. So that's my first choice. Okay, I got to argue that because my choice does the same thing with a 12-year-old, but against major league talent. You're talking about making a bunch of little leaguers good against little leaguers. No, my guy makes little leaguers good against – he strikes out Barry Bonds and Bobby Bonilla in the same montage. And when Bonds turns around, and it's actually Barry Bonds – he does this like shaking his head, whistle blowing thing, like "boy, you got it, kid." Uh, so I I gotta say, big time, Sal Martinella. You're you're talking about taking a team from a basement, getting a 12 year old, and then and then winning the World Series. Come on. Okay, now let, let, let me. Let, I've got another choice. You, okay. It's got to be Major League, Van Buren. I believe technically Benny Van Buren, though I don't know that he's actually ever called Benny in the course of the show who is the manager of the Washington Senators, oh boy. talk about a really bad team, <laughs> in Damn Yankees. Oh, wow. Talk about a team going from nothing to the very top. Dan Buren led them there. Now, he had a little help from down below, but... Yeah. And Lola. Mr. Applegate, I believe, is the devil's name. Mr. Applegate, yes. But... Important thing with Dan Buren, he, I, I checked the damn Yankees song list. He is only involved in one song. He leads it. He is the man who puts that song into the minds of the players and turns them into winners. Devil may care. Heart, which I think all of us or anybody who's heard it would think of as you got to have heart. Most inspirational baseball sports whatever song ever, and Van Buren did it. Yeah, and he did it with the help of the devil. So your choices are someone who gets the devil to help or someone who gets angels to help. This is, and then another, you know, the bad news bear is a separate thing. It's not even pro baseball. My guy, Sal Martinella. Takes a 12-year-old with no supernatural intervention whatsoever other than a little bit of strange healing. You remember he accidentally slaps his doctor in the face and the doctor uh, says, funky butt loving, uh, which is actually <laughs> Chicago stage actor Robbie Lehman, uh, who has that famous line from the movie. Uh, but I, I got to disagree with you. Sal Martinell is the guy. He's great. He's also a, a, a black manager in a major Hollywood movie in the early 90s, which is very progressive and I think is, uh, was very good representation on film. He's a champion. He was a good guy. I, I, I just have to disagree. I just don't think we're going we're gonna to see eye to eye on this. Well, I, I think we're getting to the end of our time, so we'll just uh, call it for now and maybe come back uh, who's study your, up who's your week. number one choice of, of like actual guys who's your number one choice my my first choice really w- was uh sandy alomar jr uh, again that. if we're not going to be totally innovative let's go somebody from a system that really develops pitchers uh and he's he's been there under the greatest uh i 
of art. I mean, not the greatest of all time, but but uh, Terry Francona is just a brilliant manager. Uh, yeah, I hear talk. Well, he wouldn't come because he's going to take over for Francona after next year. Well, why wouldn't you come to Chicago? Um, well, nice he's town. he's got some pretty uh, pretty solid Cleveland history, though. <laughs> Yeah, and I mean, if, if 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 that's a thing, then then that's out. I do like the the thought of Quattraro as as a possibility. Yeah, uh, I, I think that's interesting. I think whoever it's going to be, we haven't not found yet, unless Reinsdorf just goes the Larusa route, because you know, whatever Reinsdorf wants, Reinsdorf gets. And, and we go to damn Yankees right there. Exactly. Whoa. Exactly. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll see what happens. There's going to be a, there might be some movement on it fairly shortly here um, as we head into game two of the World Series tonight.